You are listening to Bitcoin, Blockchain and the Technologies of Our Future with Naomi Brockwell. There are trackers in your clothing. Wait, for real? Well, in some of your clothing. Some brands put these little trackers called passive RFID tags into their labels and others sew them into the garments themselves. Why are clothing companies trying to track me? Well, they're not necessarily trying to track you. Usually they're just trying to track inventory and prevent shoplifting. But you're saying I have tracking devices mm -hmm. in my clothing mm -hmm. that stay there after I've purchased the item. Mm -hmm. I'm walking around with trackers on me. Isn't that a little terrifying? Oh, a lot of people seem to think so. There are articles everywhere about this stuff. In this video, we'll explain how RFID works and why people are concerned about it. Okay. But we're also going to talk about why RFID is probably not as scary as people seem to think it is. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> yeah, there are far better ways to track you, like BLE, GPS, Wi-Fi beacons. Ah! In all seriousness, this was an interesting topic for us to explore because there are lots of conspiracy theories about RFID and its ability to track people. We'll share what we've learned and why it might be possible to use this technology to track people in their everyday lives, but why it's probably not likely. We want to help people understand the tech around them so that they can make more informed decisions rather than being scared of everything. And we don't think that RFID is the big threat that some people make it out to be. But if you disagree with our conclusions, please let us know in the comments. To understand RFID, let's go back to the end of World War II and the start of the Cold War. It's 1945 and the US ambassador to the Soviet Union receives a gift from Russia, a giant seal of the United States of America. It's beautiful, they can't find any batteries or wires, it seems harmless. They decide to hang it inside the ambassador's office in Moscow. For the next seven years, this plaque would broadcast the private conversations of the US ambassador to the Russians. How did it work? Hidden inside the seal was nothing more than a small antenna and it didn't need a power source of its own. It was powered entirely by incoming radio waves. The antenna could receive an incoming signal and send back information in return. The device, at the time known only as The Thing, was invented by a brilliant man named Leon Theremin. The Soviets had been activating the device simply by beaming radio waves into the US embassy and in return Turn, the ambassador's private conversations were broadcast back to them over the airwaves. This was the first RFID tag, which stands for Radio Frequency Identification. Today, these tags consist of an antenna and a super tiny transponder that's about the size of a grain of rice or even smaller. They're not emitting power, but what they do provide is when power is injected to them, that's with that scanning device, then it will emit a frequency so that you can get the actual data that's on the chip. You push power into it and you get the data back. Jonathan Tomek is the VP of Research and Development at Digital Envoy, and he explained to us that the other component of a passive RFID system is the reader. Because these tags don't require their own power source, they're super cheap. And in recent years, their costs have plummeted even further. We're talking less than a cent as of today, per each of the little chips. Today, they're mainly used to track inventory, tagging hundreds of billions of items that we use in our daily lives. You can send out a signal via radio waves, and a bunch of objects with these RFID tags will return a unique identification code, telling you that they're there. You'll also see those at the supermarket when you see the fun little patterns around them, and it looks like a flat piece of metal with a weird-looking antenna. It's not like an AirTag or Bluetooth beacon that's constantly emitting some kind of signal. Radio frequency identification is pretty much similar to a barcode. You are not getting any of that data until the scanner actually checks 
that information out. So similarly, RFID does not provide any data until you force a frequency that resonates with it to provide that data back. It's just sitting there until a very specific frequency makes it resonate and then sends that same frequency with the data inside of it back to who's ever scanning it. They don't store a huge amount of data, usually just a unique identifier. It's pretty much a very limited string of digits. Unlike with a barcode, you don't need a direct line of sight to the tag to get this information, and you can scan a whole bunch in one go. You can actually have multiple RFIDs in a given location. So instead of having to scan a barcode like at a supermarket where you do one object, then another object, you could just put the entire bags worth of objects or just keep them in the cart, walk through, and then boom, everything's done. It speeds up the ability to track your devices. So if you put one of those on 100,000 boxes of Legos, you want to make sure that your inventory is correct. So you'd go through and put them in a truck, load them up and then scan the whole truck to make sure that you had every single one of those boxes. Not only are they put on inventory boxes, they're also put directly onto clothing tags and sometimes even sewn into garments themselves. Walmart has these actual scanners within the dressing rooms. If somebody was gonna put on a bunch of clothes and hide t-shirts and then rip off the tags, they would know that inventory went in the tags went missing and they didn't come out. That's probably part of the reason why I think they're starting to do different ways of putting RFIDs within clothes, for example, is because as soon as you rip off a tag, you now effectively lost that inventory. When you think about going out of the store, you have those two panels that will trigger. Once somebody pays for an object, then it registers in the back, says this was paid for and this is the RFID, then it goes through. And if you didn't pay, the RFID tag would alert the store. In general, RFID tags are a great way for stores to keep track of and not lose inventory. Lululemon reported that their inventory accuracy rate improved to 98% after adding RFID technology to their warehouses and stores. But now people are walking around with trackers in their clothing. Okay, yes. And some people are particularly wary of these trackers because they can't really be turned off. You don't really deactivate an RFID. You kind of can't until you crush it. It's kind of always active. It's always there. So we should be terrified of this, right? Actually, there are a few reasons why you probably shouldn't be worried at all. First, the range of RFID is quite small. Remember those panels you see at store exits? That's how far RFID really works. Those are big panels that you can see and they're really close together. This isn't a tool that some satellites in space hundreds of kilometers away can watch. If you want to get a signal from one of these RFID tags, you need a reader really close to it. Really close being um, like 12 meters. 40 feet is the max distance it's going to track. And that's with a really good scanner. Can't you just get better scanners? Not really. Because of physics, you really can't do too much of that. There are Yagi antennas, very uh, directional antennas that can make frequencies go further. But even then, it's very difficult. There are also two different kinds of RFID technology, passive and active. Active tags have their own power source, and so they can transmit data over a longer range. Those are ones that you would have, for example, inside of your car when you're going through the toll booth. That's how they can get better distances. But these active RFID trackers are more expensive and they're larger due to their power source. So as far as trackers hidden in our clothing are concerned, the longer range active RFID doesn't concern us. Passive RFID is what we've been talking about and it does not 
produce power. So it's just basically data at rest. They're just dormant tags that only work at a super short distance. So in an enclosed space like a store, they will have readers set up to detect where store items are. But as soon as you walk out into the mall, those tags become more or less useless. The whole mall would have to be using that kind of scanning technology. And not all RFIDs work with all the same systems. On top of that, the mall would need to know the exact frequency to scan for to track a particular tag. And each store in the mall is probably using a different RFID frequency. They'd have to know that tech and that frequency and that beacon. They'd need to be scanning for the Lululemon frequency and the Victoria's Secret frequency and the Target Redline frequency. You have to inject power into it. So it wouldn't work if there was two different frequency bands. So it just doesn't work that way. It is possible that the mall might have really advanced radars scanning for lots of different frequencies. But you have to invest a lot of money into some of the technology to be able to do that. So the likelihood is a lot lower, but it doesn't mean it's not possible. On top of that, the data in the RFID tag isn't useful to the mall or anyone else. It's still a very specific set of limited data associated with those chips. So there might be a product code on the tag, but if Target created that tag, only Target would have the relevant database that tells you what the code actually means. They would still require that data to be in their systems. They could track it for sure. It would just register as unknown. But let's put on our conspiracy theory hats for a moment. I'm protected because I made this hat. Let's say someone knows an RFID tag is hidden on someone's person. And let's say they have the right scanning technology to get a reading from that tag. And they know the right frequency to ping. And let's say they're close enough to the RFID tag to make it resonate and reflect a signal. And on top of that, let's say that they're not interested in what the ID on the tag translates to in a database. They're just interested in that tag as a unique identifier. Oof, that's a lot of ifs. Let's say that you were a targeted individual, that somebody wanted to follow you. You got and bought something at Victoria's Secret and it's inside of one of your pieces of clothing that you actually can't remove unless you really know where it is. But let's just say that you have it on you. Now, if somebody was trying to track you, yes, they really could because they now know that unique identifier or multiple if you have multiple pieces of clothing that have all of those and they now just have to say, oh, I've seen these five specific IDs. I know this is Naomi. I'm gonna follow her and I can track her with my antennas. This threat is possible, but a good question to ask is, is it likely? And is this a threat that people should actually be concerned about? Perhaps not. And this isn't because people don't want to track you. They absolutely do because they can make a tremendous amount of money doing so. It's just that RFID isn't the best technology for doing this. Why would you track with RFID when you could just wait till they're checking out and associate that with your uh, rewards card. It's just mm -hmm. much more efficient. RFIDs have been around for a long time and a lot of people have been talking about them for tracking purposes. But when it's talking about tracking an RFID around the world, the same person, I don't, there's nothing for that right now, no. Does it sound scarier than it is or is it scarier than people might realize? I will say that RFID tracking sounds scarier than it mm -hmm. really is. It really just beacons a number no different than a barcode. And the amount of effort it will take for to track a specific person using RFID is a lot harder than it sounds too. Basically, the biggest mark against passive RFID as an everyday tracking tool is that there are far better, more effective tracking tools out there that are cheaper and easier to implement. Just know what exists and know the limits of the technology. It's really up to 
the person of what knowing what their threat level is. The technology is really expensive. So worrying about the government tracking you via RFID is, I'm going to say, really low. A far better tracking tool would just be our cell phone, for example. We carry one around in our pockets wherever we go. And from this one device, we could be tracked via GPS, by Wi-Fi beaconing, by the cell towers that we're pinging, or even BLE, the constant low-energy Bluetooth beacons that the phone is sending out. BLE is actually a pretty pervasive tracking tool used frequently in shopping malls and airports to monitor the movements of people. BLE is on the higher end of the spectrum. So so that's where I would get a little bit more skeptical of the tech when it comes to my tinfoil hat. And what if you put all these tracking techniques together? It's the combination of data that's the real scary part, I think. It's how the stores are using all of the data if they're able to collect all of it and then what do they glean from it? But that's the big data world. We do live in the big data world, and there are definitely threats that we should be aware of and ways to mitigate these threats. In our upcoming videos, we're gonna dive into other kinds of tracking technology like BLE and understand why it's something that you should be aware of if you're a privacy conscious person. But those chips in your underwear? They're probably not the things that the average person should be spending their energy worrying about. NBTV is supported by community donations. If you'd like to support our free educational content, visit mbtv.media slash support. Donations are tax deductible in the US, but you can donate no matter where you are. Or take a look at our ebook, The Beginner's Introduction to Privacy, as the proceeds also go towards funding our channel. Thank you for your support and thank you so much for watching through till the end. I don't care what she says. The fact that there are trackers in my bra is truly terrifying. Wait, what's this? Wi-Fi routers are like x-ray machines? Oh my God, let me post this to Twitter, geotag myself, reveal my IP address to Twitter and all the advertisers and done. Now to check my Gmail. I'm a Bitcoin, I'm